Okay, welcome to another episode of the Josh Stamen podcast. This is a little bit of a different one. I'm going to attempt to read my own writing. So I'm going to attempt to read a blog post that I wrote a while back in April. The title, Calories In versus Calories Out on a Meat-Based Diet, Why the Logic of Calorie Counting Works But the Reality Doesn't. So bear with me, this is going to be a bit of a new format of the podcast to essentially narrate my own blog post writing, which is going to be interesting. So let's go in, let's dive in. So this is a quote from Morgan Housel, who wrote The Psychology of Money. And yes, this is actually a podcast about health. So bear with me with this and you will get the gist of the story as I get into it. So what's often overlooked in finance is that something can be technically true, but contextually nonsense. The reasonable investors who love their technically perfect strategies have an edge because they're more likely to stick with those strategies. There are few financial variables more correlated to performance than commitment to a strategy during its lean years. Both the amount of performance and the odds of capturing it over a given period of time. In his fantastic book, The Psychology of Money, Morgan Housel describes the ways in which human emotion inflicts a barrage of seemingly irrational decisions amongst even the most rational, logically-minded investors. He describes a situation where there are numerous investment strategies that look so good on paper, and yet, in the real world, when human emotion is factored in, fall down hard. Thinking that any investment will not take some sort of sacrifice, i.e. time, money, is delusional. And often, it's the imperfect strategies on paper and the spreadsheets that don't make sense, but in the real world, they do because they work and the implementer sticks to them. Ultimately, consistency is all that ever matters over time. And this is true for sustainable fat loss. So thinking you can count your way out of your calories for the rest of your life is another delusional paradigm to live in. So the context of calories in versus calories out on a meat-based keto diet. I'm no doctor, scientist, or nutritional therapist. I don't care much for percentages or stats on the screen or the molecular makeup of a fatty acid profile and how it relates to the endothelial receptors in my brain. I care about the person behind it the primordial emotion that drives well-being through innate bodily wisdom. I'm obsessed with the practical ideas that I can take with me into the real world. The same world that shits on paper-perfect plans that have zero, in the most Taleb sense of the phrase, skin in the game. The traditional narrative that most fitness influencers and naturally aesthetic bodybuilders have is that in order to lose fat, you simply have to not care about what you eat. It's all about how much you eat. So calories in versus calories out. That is, the calories you put in your body must equal to must be equal to or less than the calories you exert. Simple thermodynamics, right? Wrong. These bodybuilding influencers often forget the context and the illusory human emotion behind it. From somebody who has lost over 90 pounds without counting calories, me, I can tell you that what matters more is what you eat 
as opposed to how much you do. Prior to 2014, let's call this guy Fat Josh, I was a chubby, inactive teenager that played video games and watched porn all day long and lived off sausage rolls and Woolworths chocolate milkshakes. Food was a means of getting out of the difficult emotions I was experiencing at the time. Food was my safe place. Food made me feel loved. It's no different to an alcoholic or drug addict, only my drug of choice was the dopamine rushing thrill of drinking five chocolate milkshakes and ending it off with a wank. I recently saw a fitness influencer mention a carnivore meat-based diet is not optimal for humans. This, hapti- this happened while unwillingly, unwillingly scrolling and getting sucked into the vortex of Instagram's explore feature. What bothered me most is that, like the Paul Saladinos and carnivore Aureliuses of the world, people that have built up a large following on social media that promote tons of fruits on a carnivore diet and have a financial incentives behind the promotion, which is a story for another day. Context is so important. If you have that many followers, you are playing an important role in educating people. You can't just assume that everyone is coming to this diet to look good. Some genuinely need to heal at the most spiritual slash physical level due to health issues that are considered unsolvable in the modern medical literature. Many people are coming to this way of eating that have, and still are, suffering. If you are coming to this diet, or any diet for that matter, from a place of healing, I think it's important to stick it out as long as possible without the added carbs or fruit. Humans can undoubtedly survive and thrive on little to no carbs. And most importantly, that means not counting calories. So I recommend reading Carnival Cure by Judy Cho, with whom I had on my podcast. She has tons of on-the-ground experience with a meat-based elimination diet and its capacity to heal our guts. If you are a bodybuilder with, great, with a great pancreas and a well-built frame, the context you are living in is a bodybuilding one. You are counting calories because you want to look good. This does not always mean you feel good or are healthy. So I hate to break it to you, it's sometimes common to put on weight when starting a meat-based carnivore diet as the fat is an important organ in your body that helps many functions within the body like hormone control. Another bit of important context is the fact that for many like myself, food has been a way of getting out of difficult emotions. So eating a meat-based diet helps with food addiction. These bros, the bodybuilders, that are shelling out advice that has worked for them onto the fat joshes of the world, forget that food addiction is real and for the most part, carbohydrates in any shape or form in the context of losing fat sustainably cause problems. So the same is that big food wants you, believe, big food wants you to believe that, se- that you can safely consume its products. The buzzword that gets thrown around and out of context is moderation. It's all about moderation. As long as you eat everything in moderation, you will be fine. I now eat one kilogram of meat per day, just about, and I don't count calories, and I'm the strongest slash leanest I've ever been. There is no such thing as moderation in my diet. My idea of moderation, as I'd imagine it was for the hunter-gatherer ancestors, is feeling full as fuck after eating a ton of red meat. It's like our body has this wisdom inside of it that when we eat a species-appropriate food, it knows when it's had enough. 
I must confess my trigger when hearing the moderation myth. I've been hearing it my entire life. It just hasn't fucking worked for me. And nobody tells a recovering alcoholic to just moderate their consumption of alcohol. You abstain completely for a long period of time, if not all your time. So sugar has been shown to be more addictive than cocaine. And humans are hardwired to overeat carbs. It's not our fault. It bypasses our body's innate wisdom. Therefore, from a place of healing, it makes sense to give up something and stick it out for as long as possible before assuming that it's the lack of honey or, God forbid, organs that are causing you not to heal. Healing takes time. It took you 30 or 40 years to fuck up your guts through a modern lifestyle. Give yourself permission to take it day by day. Give yourself permission to be kind to yourself. You will have bad days, but those days in the grand scheme of compounding will mean very little. One day you'll look back at yourself and be astonished at the effect of your consistency. You do not have to be the perfect carnivore to heal. The good diet you follow is better than the perfect diet you quit. Similar to the investors who have imperfect strategies but feel confident because it's theirs and they trust it, you need to develop your own strategies for making eating healthy a long-term endeavor that is bulletproof. For myself, I've found a meat-based keto diet, one predominantly centered around animal-based protein fat sources, is a sustainable long-term strategy that works for keeping me satiated. A bulletproof eating strategy first and foremost begins with including animal protein and fat at every meal. I often like to say that self-discipline is overrated. If you're eating the right amount of protein slash fat, it'll be very hard for you to crave any processed junk that you find in the supermarket. I'm certainly no more disciplined than the person at the supermarket who's drooling over gooey chocolate brownies in the aisle as she waits for the teller to call her. I'm just more full and therefore less likely to crave processed packaged bullshit. I've been on this journey for over nine years now. I've been through it all. From my experience, you don't have to have as many carbs as you think you do. And it's better to stick to a meat-based ketovore way of eating where meat makes up most of your calories, about 90%, and the rest is for you to play around with. Carbs, at the end of the day, must be earned. So if you're overweight and don't exercise much, you probably don't need that much carbs. However, if you're like me and train CrossFit six times per week with a relatively high intensity, it makes sense to, to strategically introduce carbs to restore glycogen after intense training. Eventually, when you're fat adapted and you feel like you could use some extra fuel for grueling CrossFit wads or 80-kilometer cycles, use carbs as a supplement, not the main course. Find the minimum amount of carbs to maximize your performance. So I enjoy saving my carbs for dessert these days as the slight bump in insulin at night calms my nerves and my nervous system and puts me to bed like a baby. Something that you don't want to happen in the morning or midday when you need your focus. So meat movement mindfulness. Calories do play a role in weight loss and weight gain, don't get me wrong, but they are just that, calories. What matters more, in my humbly unscientific opinion, is the quality of the calories you are consuming. The quality will determine the quantity 
it is virtually impossible to overeat a big fatty piece of steak. Your, your body has the wisdom in it to let your brain know you are full. And that, that piece of high fat meat will keep you full for the next 18 to 24 hours. So you can do human things like think, be creative, have sex, contemplate and move without thinking about food all the time. Animal-based protein and fat is by far the most bioavailable source of, hu- of nutrition for humans. We are not ruminating animals that need to be constantly grazing all the time. We have large brains for the very reason we have one, sh- one of the shortest digestive, digestive tracts and acidic stomachs. We can go days and weeks without food. Our endogenous fat stores are powerful. But, a big but. A meat-based diet is just one modality of healing. So movement and mindfulness are equally important. And if you'd like to keep, if you'd like to learn more or be kept in the loop, join my members-only weekly newsletter, which goes out each Monday. And that is the end of the post. And that still rings true. So I send out a short weekly newsletter on Substack. And if you'd like to get involved in that, please head to the show notes wherever you're listening to this um, description and you shall find it there. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your support, love, and time. Have a beautiful day. I'll catch you in the next one. Just for now.